This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 1st of March. In your squiz today, superannuation tax changes are revealed, Canada clamps down on TikTok, the northern lights are shining, and a surplus of snakes. This is your squiz today. There was a lot of talk about superannuation last week as Treasurer Jim Chalmers and PM Anthony Albanese considered changes to the system. And yesterday, the pair confirmed that Aussies with more than $3 million in their superannuation accounts will be taxed at a higher rate. Yeah, last week it felt like a bit of a thought bubble and a kite that was being floated, but (laughs) it seems that they are serious about it. Uh, What Chalmers said yesterday is that tax on the earnings of super balances over $3 million will rise from the concessional rate of 15% going up to 30%, uh, but the change isn't retrospective. Uh, That means that it'll hit super balances above that $3 million mark after the change comes into effect. Effect. Uh, also, it won't happen straight away. The change has to pass Parliament, needs to be legislated for, uh, and the pencilled-in start date will be July 2025. Uh, the thing to know about that is that it's after the next federal election. Um, they say that it's designed to put about $2 billion a year back into the government's budget. Yeah, and they also say that 99.5% of Aussies won't be affected by these changes, Claire. About 80,000 people have super balances of more than $3 million, so they'll be the ones who are taxed at that higher rate. Although Chalmers says that they'll still receive tax concessions on their balance under that $3 million threshold. Yeah, the $3 million line really is the mark. And what Chalmers says is that the government doesn't begrudge anyone who has made a lot of money. Uh, He says the changes are modest uh, and it's going to help to create a more equitable and sustainable superannuation system. Uh, For its part, the coalition says that it's going to oppose the changes. Angus Taylor, who's the Treasury spokesman, said that Aussies don't want to see a government that can't manage its own spending and has to come after a Australians with higher taxes. Claire, the government says it's all about trying to manage a pretty tricky economic outlook. And hold on to your hat today because the latest national accounts data is out. It'll tell us where Australia's economic growth landed for 2022, and it will also help analysts figure out whether we're headed for a recession. Australian Workplace Health and Safety Ministers have unanimously given the green light to consider a ban on products containing harmful silica dust. And for those who aren't aware, silica particles are in many construction materials, but most commonly they're found in the engineered stone that's become extremely popular in recent years for kitchen and bathroom bench tops. Yeah, and the issue is, of course, when they're being cut to size, this dust 
comes into the air and some workers haven't been properly protected uh, from illness that can come from that. Um, Safe Work Australia had warned that unless the federal government acted, it would implement a ban on the use and manufacture and importation of engineered stone uh, over the concerns that there's rising rates of terminal lung disease. It's called ciliosis uh, and it's really prevalent in stonemasons and other tradies. Uh, That's all Federal Employment Minister Tony Burke fast-tracked plans to look into a ban. Uh, A final decision, though, is expected to be made in the second half of this year. And if it goes ahead, Claire, Australia will become the first country in the world to implement a ban on products containing silica. Sticking with health, Claire, the White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby says that US officials haven't reached a definitive conclusion and consensus on the origins of COVID. He's been forced to speak up on this after a new report came out. It suggested that the pandemic could have arisen from a Chinese laboratory leak. Yeah, so this all came about because on Monday there was a classified intelligence report from the US Energy Department that was released. Uh, Commentators say that it's got an interest in it because it actually runs a lot of laboratories. Uh, What that report did was give that lab leak theory a low confidence assessment, which basically means that can't rule it in but certainly can't rule it out either. Uh, Meanwhile, the FBI reckons that the lab leak theory holds up Um, There are four other US agencies that say that it's more likely that the pandemic resulted from natural transmission between animals and humans. Um, Other US agencies, though, are undecided, so there really is no consensus on it. And for its part, Beijing rejects the lab leak theory. It's called on certain parties to stop politicising the origin tracing issue. We're three years into the pandemic and it's not lost on many experts and commentators that how it started is still a question to be answered. People in the UK have had an impressive and rare sky show, Claire. The Northern Lights or Aurora Borealis were on show in recent days. Yeah, and usually you'd have to travel pretty far north to destinations like Iceland to see the Northern Lights, but people as far south as Cornwall in England have been able to see them thanks to clear skies. Uh, And also what those people who know about these things uh, say is strong solar activity. Um, Just to get a bit into how that light display actually occurs, it happens when the sun emits particles that interact with molecules in the Earth's upper atmosphere. I'm hoping I sound like I absolutely know what I'm talking about right now. Uh, But reading about it, what they say is normally what happens, the Earth's magnetic field directs those particles to the north and to the south poles. But when there's these periods of strong solar activity, it can actually come a bit further south and a bit further north. You definitely sound like an expert there, Claire. (laughs) As the name suggests, the Northern Lights are only visible in the Northern Hemisphere, but over the past week, the Southern Hemisphere's version of them, the Aurora Australis, have also been putting on a show. Some lucky Western Aussies have been able to see it, but here in Adelaide, I haven't been able to, Claire. So for anyone like me who's missed out, I'll pop some links to photos from both WA and the UK in the episode notes. 
Claire, just a brief warning for those who really don't like snakes. We'll be quick about this one. (laughs) Long story short, there's a lot of them in Alice Springs at the moment and they're not the cute ones. They're Western Browns. Yeah, I don't know if there is such a thing as a cute snake, but anyway, we'll move on through that. The Western Browns are venomous and you really don't want to get too close to them. Um, Alice Springs snake catcher Rex Neendoff, he says that he's never seen anything like it in his 20 years of doing the job. Uh, The reason why there's so many of them is that there's been really good conditions, a lot of rain, and that's seen the snakes breed like rabbits and they're getting into things like drains in the town, uh, also into homes and into shoes and furniture. Rex wants people to be ultra careful. You wouldn't have to give me any warning. No. Claire, (laughs) my favourite nickname for a snake is a danger noodle. Just leaving you with that. (laughs) Yeah, I like note broke. (laughs) Squeeze the day, Claire. A pinch and a punch for the first day of the month. Yep. That's um, where we're at. Summer is gone. So we're moving right in uh, to autumn. Get the woolies out pretty soon, it feels like. Uh, And it's also World Compliment Day. And Alice, I think you've done a very good job with today's podcast. So thank you for that. Amazing. And your knowledge of the Northern Lights is also very (laughs) superior, Claire. Extensive, yeah. (laughs) And for those listening, I think you've got great taste in podcasts. So that's my compliment to each and every one of you. That's it from us today. Have a great day and we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.